0: So we've got to be, how we approach that person, we've got to be careful, and we've got to be discerning. And for some of us, we don't like to think of ourselves as sinners. I'm one of them. But the Bible says all have sinned. Mm-hmm. Most of us have read the scripture, Romans 3 and 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. None of us are perfect. We can never measure up perfectly to our glorious Father in heaven. Going back to the three root causes. If someone has a background of mental illness or psychological trauma, we have to tread carefully, going carefully, not like a bull in a china shop. Ask questions and find out. Get advice if you're not clear. So the types of sin that can lead to anxiety and depression. So there's four that I've listed here, taking some from the um, author. Unconfessed sin feelings of guilt over sin unforgiveness and addictions she also mentions unbelief and i would add to that a negative mindset when someone seems low and withdrawn and maybe jittery and anxious and it's not the result of the other two causes so it's you've identified it's not there or they have identified themselves it's not let's say they do have a mental illness or they do have um, emotional trauma, they've identified it's not that, it's not coming from that. You've identified it as well, because as their mentor, disciple, you've identified it. Um, but they're, they're still low and they're still withdrawn, jittery and anxious. It's it's likely that it's one of those on that list, which I've just listed. So let's look at them. Unconfessing Psalm 32. Let's turn there gives a, a great scripture on confessing Psalm 32 verse 3 when I kept silent my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long the day and night your hand was heavy upon me my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer then I acknowledged my sin to you I did not cover up my iniquity I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. This is King David, who said this uh, a thousand years BC, when he was in sin. So it's not a modern phenomenon, he was feeling it back then. It sounds like depression to me, a feeling of heaviness and groaning. With me, I'm used to feelings of heaviness as I have a mental health issue, mental illness but when it's very heavy I ask myself, do I have a guilty conscience, so it's more than just the usual heaviness, it's more heavy that's kind of a red flag and I've got to say, do I have a guilty conscience, I've got to get open but by the end of the psalm so you can read it, when you go over the lesson you can read the end of the psalm, he is rejoicing because he's confessed his sin, come on, yeah the next one is unforgiveness. This brings a state of depression. We all know the passage in Matthew 18 of the unmerciful servant. It's ba- if those who don't know, it's basically he, God is, I mean, he, God, Jesus doesn't use God, but he <coughs> uses his master who forgives this servant a massive amount. And then he goes away and, you know, and basically chokes another guy who just owes him a little bit. You know, he was unmerciful. He'd been shown mercy, but he wasn't merciful. So we've been forgiven much for our sin. But compared to God's forgiveness of us, any unforgiven, any sorry forgiveness we extend to others is always going to be smaller. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No matter how massive it is, no matter how much bad sin has been done against you, it can never, ever be as bad as our sin towards god mm. that's what even if you can't emotionally connect with that mentally you need to connect with it mm. and then then hopefully the emotions will follow yeah so um we need to be grateful that god has liberated us okay he's made the matter of forgiveness possible so it's not just rejoicing over we've been forgiven but i think wow forgiveness is out there mm wow because in the world people are like what do we do with this issue mm-hmm. and forgiveness is very much like on way out there on the horizon no one thinks of forgiveness mm-hmm. but the bible says you just got to forgive so we're liberate we don't have to be in a prison of unforgiveness towards others mm-hmm. um so basically we have the answer to unforgiveness So we, if we do, sometimes we're in a state of unforgiveness because the trauma is so big, Mm. so massive. We definitely need others to help us when we're in that situation. And it's particularly painful. We need to trust that God will heal the scars. But we can decide to forgive. Mm -hmm. So maybe you've decided to forgive, but you've still got scars. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why in the church, there's always going to be people who can Mm relate and can help you walk that journey of of healing from those scars. Come on, So basically the solution is there. So look at how the unmerciful servant is trapped in bad feelings towards his fellow servant whom he refuses to forgive he's he's trapped matthew 18 verse 28 you don't need to turn there actually if you want to jot it down it says he grabbed him and began to choke him pay back what you owe me he demanded he sounds a choked up angry jittery person to me who couldn't let this person off the hook sounds like someone trapped in a negative mindset to me mm-hmm. how long will you not forgive and live in a state of hypocrisy because god has forgiven you and wants to heal you mm-hmm. and, and ladies i'm speaking from a position where i've had to if you've been in the kingdom 29 years you've had to forgive a lot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because believe you me you can be hurt more yeah. in the kingdom than outside. The a yeah. 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 And, yeah. So you know, it's very visceral. It's very brutal. So I'm talking from a position of weakness here. I'm not saying not banging you over the head here. I'm just saying I've been there. And just try to start to just think. Actually, it's very liberating. Forgiveness. Addictions. That's the next one. Addictions wear many faces. The most common thing is substance misuse and sexual but there's also food and gambling Mm. which gambling is basically greed i believe many addictions mask a mental illness or trauma to kill the pain some um some of these people have a genetic vulnerability towards addiction Whatever the case, we've got to confess the grip these behaviours have on us. So maybe you have that, you're always going to have, I remember I had a friend in um, this movement actually, and she was a serious alcoholic before she became a disciple. Like, I don't know how many times she went to treatment centres, she was from the US, US, and she definitely said, I think I've got a, a gene because it just went beyond... I know sometimes people say things like, oh, it's in the genes, and people kind of go, any excuse for sin, but it was just so serious that she believed that there was a genetic vulnerability there. But if you don't get open about it, that is sin. That's yeah. when it becomes sin. Mm-hmm. You know. So no one's going to look down on you for a weakness. And if you, if you stumble, if you fall into it, you've got to get open. So um, we've got to confess the grip that these have on us, drinking, smoking, watching porn, masturbation, mm-hmm. impure relationships online, mm-hmm. overeating, starving ourselves, and using money unwisely, such as gambling. Mm-hmm. King David himself had a sexual addiction, mm-hmm. where he had several wives and concubines, but he could not take his eyes off another man's wife. Mm-hmm. That's in, if you want to write that down, that's in 2 Kings 11, verse 2 to 4. And and basically, if you read the narrative, it said he kept that sin inside this unconfessed sin for a whole year. Wow. Over a year with terrible consequences. Wow. If you read Psalm 51, which goes with that story, it, it basically shows how he repented. Yeah. Where he confessed and then repented, got a new Mm. mindset. Okay. Going down on this, we have unbelief and a negative mindset. Mm. These sins are very deceitful. Yep. Mm. Where we are being open. In fact, we talk a lot about how we're feeling. Yeah. I've been I'll go on. I'm great at confessing, but repentance (laughs) is a different ballgame. Some of us are great at confession but we're not great yeah. at repentance. Wow. So in fact, we talk a lot about how we're feeling, wow. but we don't change, nope. yes. and we refuse to see, yes. and we refuse to <laughs> see how we can change. Yeah. Wow. So people are offering us solutions for like, No, 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 hey. not
1: that one. no, no, hey. no. Okay, unbelief yeah.
0: is when we are not open to believing, oh, oh, yeah. wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. we hear we hear explanations. Well, this is good. So you've got to be quiet on this one, this bit. Wow. Can't wow. be, <laughs> yeah. fire. 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 fire, fire, Okay, we hear explanations for why we should believe time after time. So our disciples. What about this? You thought, about this? You thought about this? No, no, no. Come <laughs> on, okay. So we dig our heels in. Time after wow. time they're discipling We dig our heels in Stubbornly waiting for a better explanation right, exactly. We think we are justified. Right. Many educated right. Intelligent people yeah, are exactly. like this wow. They wow. prize their intelligence exactly. The explanations They've been given are just not <laughs> smart enough yes. oh, then, <laughs> The most intelligent of us Are the most liable right. To deceit wow. And delusion let me am intelligent. I'm speaking about myself here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, First Corinthians one, verse oh. yeah. Wow, Going out the band, you know?
1: <laughs> 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 First, Corinthians.
0: <laughs> First Corinthians one, verse eighteen. Okay, give me an idea of that. amen yeah. Yeah. Okay. for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to those who are being saved it is the power of god for it is written I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? But since in the wisdom of the world, through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased with the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Though the Bible is not always easy in its concepts, take teaching on the Holy Spirit, for example, it's often not framed in intellectual words. Mm. For those who are haughty and overvalue their own judgments, they will fall into this sin very easily. Some of us fall into this negative mindset differently. We fall into it through our emotions. Mm. We want people to always speak softly. Yeah. Hey! Mm. To be empathetic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be empathetic. Wow. Yep. Wow, <laughs> we are selective with whom we allow to teach us, mm. wow. Wow. basically wow. being <laughs> <picking>. <laughs> being picked, but we are deceived by our motions, wow. never wow. change. Wow. Okay, wow. Jeremiah 17, Let's go this Jeremiah is great, it's the awesome. best night. This is absolutely <laughs> There's a smile I'm kicking you in the face <laughs> Excuse me, that's more brothers isn't it? Yeah. Okay, verse 9 Jeremiah 17 The heart is deceitful of all things Who can understand it? I the Lord search the heart and examine the mind I order man according to his conduct According wow. to what he deeds deserve, yeah. some of us ooh, ooh. fall into these sins of intellectual arrogance or stubborn emotionalism hey. because of culture. Hey. Hey. Oh. Maybe it's the <laughs> traits of the country we're from. Maybe it's how our family treated us, treated us, and allowed us to sin like this. Oh. But the disciples won't let you sin like this. We actually wow. see these traits as good and wise. Hey. So, to be overly emotional, to be very passionate, to be having fits of rage and digging your heels in, maybe that, that's how we live with our families. You know, like, it's fine. Like it. And then some people are like more softly spoken, more intellectual. And, and that was okay as well. But there's no place for either in the kingdom. So, with sisters who have bad down, so just to turn. As a side note here, this is the backgrounds of mental illness or emotional trauma. We can see these traits are symptomatic of these backgrounds, but they're unbelief. So maybe they have a mental illness, maybe they have emotional trauma and they're displaying these traits. And they're like, Oh, they have they've got these issues, but you need to have that index of suspicion Mm -hmm. that it may be sin. Mm -hmm. After you've done a thorough investigation, you spend time with them, not just to go in and say you're in sin, but do an investigation. (laughs) (laughs) And basically, their unbelief may be due to sin, yeah. sins of stubbornness, yeah. arrogance, and ingratitude. Wow. Some of us are ungrateful. Yeah. That's why we're down or anxious. Yeah. Yeah. We're not grateful for our disciple or this other sisters looking in on you. We make a grace out of seeing situations in a negative light, relating our experiences in a negative way, and say. I'm just being open. (laughs) (laughs) We have to say gently but firmly, no, sis, this has gone on way too long. It's a pattern. It's not one off. It's a pattern. You're repeating it and repeating it, all these negative thoughts. Now it's just complaining. Come on, dude. Thank you. Thank you. This is good. Of course. Wow. Of course this has to be done after a while, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't be harsh and just go straight away, oh, you're just complaining, it has to be done when you've done your investigation, Mm -hmm. okay, Um, you observe, you don't jump in with rash feet, you show compassion, patience and give patient instructions before rebuke, Mm -hmm. Mm (laughs) let me give an example of how to share something you're feeling negative about in a negative and positive way okay so here's the negative person oh i'm feeling so weak today and i'm describing in detail how everything went wrong the positive person i feel so weak today so i did what i could and then i went to have a rest wow that's simple. Wow. Constructive. That's the simple. other one is not constructive. Yeah. It, okay. Ooh. You see how in both scenarios the individual felt weak, yeah. but one is unbelieving, the exactly. other faithful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the one who's wow. like, I've got to tell you all the negativity, exactly. all of it. Exactly. You can't comment. You can't interrupt me right. with the positive things. Right. I've got <laughs> to tell you all the <laughs> basically yeah but that that is dumping negatively exactly. the other one is sharing faith exactly. be careful that's what i'm saying if it's yourself be careful many words is sin exactly. yeah scripture in the proverbs yeah 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 Ten yeah. eighteen. Sometimes you may be trying to justify laziness, faithlessness, and a lack of self-denial. You could have two people who've got the same baggage, same baggage, but one is being faithful, the other being is being unbelieving. Be grateful if you're from a background of mental illness for the NHS services. Their services aren't perfect, but they are better than most. Consider ways to be grateful. So, even if you have mental illness, you come from a really bad background, consider how, like, there's so many things out there, like, um, and I've been helping young women in this church, there's, like, forward thinking, for example, mm-hmm, yeah. or an organization that helps it with uh, 16 to 25-year-olds, I believe. Okay. If you're under 25, you there's so many services out there yeah, for yeah, free. Absolutely. You know? yeah, absolutely. You were put on the top of the list for services if you're over 25. I'm sorry. it's a little late, Basically, you've got to be grateful that the NHS has basically um, been very gracious to young people mm-hmm. and given them specialist mental health services. Okay. So consider how far you've come. If you're if you're feeling a bit down. Consider how far you've come in your growth. Mm. You can always track your growth. Come on. Yeah. Let yeah. people tell you you're improving. Yeah. Oh, I'm not improving. Yeah. You improving. Exactly. I'm not improving. You are improving. I'm not improving. You are improving. That's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. The next section on, is, is emotional on. and psychological trauma. Well, and I don't well, pretend to know it. an awful lot about this, but I'm, look, we're very blessed in this church. We have women who can really help you with yeah. this. So we've got to be able to grow in knowledge and distinguish sin from psychological trauma. Just to give you some statistics. Now, people who suffer from from trauma, they often develop depression and anxiety, which is totally understandable, given their background. Just to give you the statistics, one in four people will experience a mental health problem of some kind each year in England. That's why we've got to be aware of this kind of stuff in the church. One in six people report experience a common mental health problem like anxiety and depression in any given week in England. Mental health problems can be depression or anxiety or something more serious like OCD. Mm. To give you a figure, 1.2% of the population has OCD, so it's not that common. Mm. It's less than diabetes. Mm. But much, much more common is depression and anxiety due to trauma. So, how to share about your abuse or trauma or, you know, something on your background that's emotionally very, very challenging. So, the author of Renew, the book that we're studying, speaks of biblical characters who lay out their trauma clearly which is david and Job. so if you read the psalms you read Job, you can see that they go into great detail about their pain and trauma and they experienced severe trauma i mean they lost family members they were neglected they had um they were very very lonely so you know these are really good examples of the bible and um Just to give you an example, my husband, James, had two years counselling for childhood sexual abuse from a school teacher at his boarding school. And his counselling produced a book, which is on Amazon, so he's written a book. Mm -hmm. Um, There are many great examples in the church who have sought professional help. Of course, in the church, we have biblical counselling as well. But sometimes we will need to seek professional help as the disciples don't have the time or skills to help us. If you're in that situation, you need to be very wise. So, with your discipleship partner, they may help you seek advice uh, to to find out whether you need professional help. So, there's many mature sisters in this church who have had, or, or in our sister church in London, who have had professional help in this area. So, your discipleship partner will find out, and maybe you can speak to that sister and access um, I know some sisters here who talk to me about organisations in Birmingham that help with this kind of thing um, so you have to be wise about how you go about it if we don't deal with the trauma and work through it we will be depressed and dysfunctional Amen. there are all different types of therapeutic and counselling services the most common is talk therapy and CBT these are most common talk therapy is a person is person centered and person guided so the counselors will usually not give advice it's just a chance for you to offload and they may like guide you slightly but maybe they're not really overtly guiding it cbt is much more task focused where you use cognitive and behavioral techniques to bring about change there is accountability and homework and it's very much guided by the therapist it's a bit more like recycling to be honest When you do engage in professional counselling or therapy outside of discipling, it is very important to brief and debrief with your discipleship partner. I know I've been there several times. I've had CBT and counselling multiple times. This enables you to have a solid biblical framework, a base to build on with any therapeutic work. For example, during my... CBT slash counselling I have recurring intrusive thoughts on hell and my therapist said I don't think you'll we'll be going there exactly. or if it, whether it, whether he doubted whether it existed he was trying to reassure me because I was so much in anguish about it, he was like oh don't, don't feel bad he didn't want me to feel so bad but you know, the problem was he started leading me into false teaching Ryan. so I had to debrief about that talk to my discipleship partner So with when there's a bit of a mixture going on, so let's say you have come from a bad background, but you also have a mental illness, like a full-blown mental illness. We call that comorbidity. Some of you might know that. Comorbidity, when you have a condition, but it actually has a partner condition that goes with it. They're very closely associated. Or it's just another condition. So if you have both... Some people say um, that that way of written, this is not very clear. Some people say that more child talk more about childhood trauma than mental illness. Mm -hmm. I don't subscribe to that. So um, it's my belief that dysfunctional families very often have an underlying mental illness that people are ignorant of or are hiding. So you you maybe say that it's all of it, but like you've got a depressed person. You know, they're from a bad background, but they also have a mental illness, but you're blaming everything mm. on the trauma, mm. right? Mm. Everything, right. and, a, and um, actually there might be some genetic, there might be an undiagnosed parent mm. who's abusing the child, like the, the, the yeah. disciple. Um, also the bigger the trauma, the more likely the genetic disposition is catalyzed into a full-blown mental illness. So let's say, and that's why people get confused about trauma. They're like, oh, must be trauma, 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 trauma. And I'll tell you a bit more about myself later. I didn't have any trauma. So what are you going to do with someone like me? Yeah. And then you'll come across a family where you've got one sibling has got a mental illness. Another one doesn't. They've been through the same trauma so yeah, the trauma I mean, argument doesn't work yeah. mm. and trauma subjective yeah. mm. some people might go through a massive trauma they're fine yeah. some people have a little bit of trauma they're totally dysfunctional yeah. so it's, yeah. it's quite subjective yeah. and i so i'm very much on the um call me bias but i'm very much on the um, Biological, genetic disposition, predisposition. If you've got that vulnerability there, you have a trauma. If it's a massive trauma, it's going to be catalysed when you're very young. So you're like a young teenager. You've got full-blown mental, you uh, have full-blown mental illness because of the trauma. But maybe you haven't had any trauma. So your mental illness is triggered much, much later. And I've seen that. I didn't get, I didn't have trauma, so mine was triggered much later in life. I've seen young disciples who've been triggered much earlier because of the severity of the trauma anyway the humble and discerning discipler will abide by hebrews 4 12 to 13 so i don't need to turn there because everyone knows the scripture but the the bible the word of god is sharper than a double-edged sword and it penetrates you'll appreciate the complexity uh, so going back to the sword the thing that the passage is trying to tell us is the precision of the word of God. Mm -hmm. Because some people are like, oh, the Bible's a bit general, it's not very specific, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the Bible is precise. Mm -hmm. That's what that scripture's saying. So basically, we've got to believe that the Bible is precise Mm -hmm. and it's able to discern Mm -hmm. sin, Mm -hmm. weakness, Mm -hmm. you know, um, emotional um, trauma, Mm -hmm. emotional... um, just, yeah, emotional causes of depression, anxiety, and mental illness. It's able to discern all three. Mm-hmm. So with a, when you've got more than one of them, it's even more difficult because you have to be able to separate them all. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got to be able to separate emotional trauma from mental illness. Mm-hmm. So to give an example of myself, um, I developed OCD when I was in my late 20s but later i had the trauma of infertility and marital conflict which led to suicidal thoughts so just because you're a disciple you're not protected against trauma mm-hmm. it can still happen and i i i in my late early 40s i was infertile couldn't have children so And then I was having arguments and I was just feeling suicidal. So that was trauma. That wasn't my mental health. Does that make sense? So mental illness, sorry. So, and I would have gone into sin had I not sought counsel. I was already getting into sin. Mm. So I had to draw back and go, let me go to counsel. Let me not dump on the disciples with it before it becomes full blown sin. Mm. Some people develop emotional trauma due to a misunderstanding about their mental illness. I've seen this when people think, oh, it's trauma, trauma, trauma. They're not, they've not had trauma. They've been mentally ill, but they were getting into fights with everyone in the church. And that's why they're traumatized, because they're fighting all the time. Um, and through intense and unnecessary conflict because people don't understand their Mental illness. They just think, "Oh, they're insane," or whatever. So, again, don't jump to conclusions. Stand back, observe, ask questions, listen, and don't confuse. Proverbs twenty-six, verse nine it's an example of how we can be not very good at holding the sword, the Bible sword, as it describes in Hebrews four, that precise sword. Oh, it's 26, verse 9. Like a thorn bush in a drunkard's hand is a proverb in the mouth of a fool. If you go in and say, Oh, you're in sin, wave the sword around you're in sin, chop, chop, chop. That's like you're like a drunkard. Okay, second Timothy 2, second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. As disciples, we can end up doing more harm than good if we jump to conclusions and don't give correct advice and are not discerning. Mm -hmm. We've got to not project Mm -hmm. mental illness on people. I've done that. I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. you're mentally ill. Mm -hmm. Because I've got a mental illness. You must be mentally ill. (laughs) Or we can't project psychological trauma onto people. That's true. Mm -hmm. Oh, There must be some abuse in your background. You can't be that sensitive. Maybe there isn't. Have an open mind. Don't project. Okay. Another tool, if you like, with people's psychological trauma is gentleness. With emotional trauma, gentleness is key. We often see Jesus as a straight shooter in his communication. We even can perceive him as harsh. But consider how Jesus was. Matthew 12, verse 20 it says but from verse 19 actually he will not quarrel or cry out no one will hear his voice in the streets a bruised reed he will not rage and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out till he leads justice to victory Mm -hmm. try to imagine the scriptures with jesus being direct in his communication with a soft voice treading carefully I always think of the seven woes, because he was really like the seven woes in Matthew. But he's really like, socking it to the Pharisees. Imagine him saying, woe to you, Pharisees, you (laughs) hypocrites. Do you know what I mean? Imagine (laughs) him saying (laughs) that. But But the Bible says a gentle word can break a bow, right? People from bad backgrounds have been roughly treated by life so the people who are do have bad backgrounds trust those who help you so you've got to realize the bottom line is you've got to realize you can trust the sisters Mm. they might be a bit clumsy But trust their hearts to do what is right. Don't harshly judge them. We're in the kingdom. You're not back there in the dungeon of your past. But you're in a kingdom of disciples who make mistakes at times, but not intentionally. Would you, this is what helps me, would you like to be judged harshly every time you speak? Mm. To have your intentions judged even though you mean well. That's the danger we must overcome when we're from this background. Because people... You, would you want to walk on, on eggshells around people? No. Yeah. So basically, if you're doing that, you've got to put the shoe on the other foot. Mm-hmm. Imagine you had to walk on eggshells. Mm-hmm. But yet, yeah, you want people to walk on eggshells around you. Yeah. We cannot let evil suspicions reign. Yeah. We must strive oh, to trust, though it feels uncomfortable, difficult yeah. even. Yeah. In these situations, the decision to trust when accompanied by painful feelings, those feelings cannot be trusted. Mm. So, you make the decision, you're from a traumatic background, you make the decision to trust, but when you're walking through the trust, it's accompanied by very painful feelings, which can put you off. These feelings cannot be trusted. We must trust God, putting Him above the feelings. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult thing to say, but sometimes letting our suspicions and fears overtake us. Basing our negative perceptions on our past, right. this is where it's difficult. Is mental and emotional laziness. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're receiving yeah. counseling wow. and let, let me qualify that because I don't exciting. want to be come across as really judgmental, but we're receiving counseling yeah. from the sisters, they've reassured us so many times. Yeah. I love you, I love you, I love you. Oh, reassurance, 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 reassurance. <laughs> We understand they love us, but we still hold on to our suspicions. Here's a scripture. On, here's a scripture on out of control fear. Come on, dear. Proverbs twenty two verse thirteen. It says, in Proverbs twenty two verse thirteen. The sluggard says, There's a lion outside, or I'll be murdered in the streets. When we repeatedly let fear rule us after years of encouragement and reassurance, the Bible says we've got to do the work of trusting. To do otherwise is laziness. Yeah, so I'm talking about people who've been in the kingdom for years and they're still not trusting. It's like, come on. right. There's got to be some laziness. Yeah, Because how come? As other sisters who've been through bad backgrounds and they've done the work, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I really feel for people because they they basically have to mourn that they've never been parented. Yeah. It's gone. You have to grieve it. You have mm-hmm. to grieve that you have never been a child and you never will be. Mm-hmm. Okay, and. The parents, any kind of parenthood that you'll ever receive will be in the kingdom, but will never be the same mm-hmm. yeah. because you're a grown adult and you're expected to be an adult. You can't be a baby. Mm-hmm. So you have to mourn them. You have to mourn your past mm-hmm. and be able to um, trust God because you'll destroy your life if you don't trust yeah. God. Mm-hmm. So physical. Okay, this is my favourite one I've got to say. The brain is an organ. The brain is an organ. Like any other part of the body, the brain is an organ. Like other organs, it's made up of different parts. It's a highly complex organ. And the most complex and highest functioning computer in the world. Now we have very... We have people in the room like Sarah and the net. Yes, Sarah. Know about high-functioning mm-hmm. computers well, and whatnot. Oh, wow, and whatnot—things that I can't even get my brain <laughs> around. Right? So, on, Sarah. and if Frida's there, I don't know if she's there. Go she on, knows Sarah. what I'm talking hey. about. Yeah, I'm here. Hey. Right? Hey. So these guys understand complex machinery. But the brain is still more complex. It doesn't get any more. You just the most complex AI cannot is still way behind. Yeah. Come on. Before we get into biology, let's look at the Bible. It says about the brain in this aspect. What we health practitioners call organic mental health. So it's to do with the organ itself, not psychological or emotional. Um, Issues. It's the brain itself. Question. Does brain dysfunction exist in the Bible? Let's find out. Ooh, spicy. Daniel yep. 4. Oh. Daniel 4, verse 33. And maybe we have Arisha. Did you read that for us? Okay, me it. <laughs> verse 3. Verse 3. Mm-hmm. So it says, Sorry, it's not, is it 1st Street? Thirty-three. sorry. Okay. So it says... Immediately, immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of the evil and his nails like the claws of a bird. Thank you. So... Basically, we see King Nebuchadnezzar, who lived at the the end of the 7th century BC to early 6th century BC. He was given the mind of an animal. Mm -hmm. Nowhere does it talk about how he felt or a bad childhood. Mm -hmm. We can tell it was a biological phenomenon Mm -hmm. based on how his mind was connected to his behavior. He literally had lost his reasoning. People debate whether dementia or psychotic. Psychosis is losing touch with reality so it's not just a modern we're not inventing these things it's in the bible it's not a modern phenomenon there are others in the bible you can jot this down if you want balaam son of boar second peter 2 15 16 he's called mad david faked madness first samuel 21 verse 12 15 paul was accused of insanity Acts 26, verse 24. Insanity was known to the ancients, not just in the Bible, but outside the Bible. I did a little bit of reading around it. Come on. Don't be deceived. These aren't spiritual conditions, but actually dysfunctional brains. Totally distinguishable from demon possession, which is particularly highlighted in the New Testament in Jesus' ministry. I'll touch on demon possession a little bit here. Um, you can write these scriptures down Matthew 4, verse 24, chapter 9, verse 32, and chapter 12, verse 22. So I've taken them all from Matthew. They describe demon possession with additional, clearly physical disorders. So they say demon possession, and they mention illness right, right so we can see a principle at work here that there was demon possession but there was also a physical illness so jesus was called demon possessed and raving man okay distinguishable it's not just a first century or seventh century bc stuff there's a lot of stuff around from ancient cultures and that from seventh century bc right back in 1400 bc Moses gave the law and clearly laid out a mental dysfunction deuteronomy 28 verse 28 um if someone's there I could read it. deuteronomy 28 verse 28 28 28 basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Lord reflects you with madness, blindness, and confusion of the mind. And Every day you will look at like a blind person in the dark. You will be unsuccessful in everything you do. Day after day you will be oppressed and with no one to rescue you. You will be blessed to be married to a woman, but another will be you. You will build a house, but you will not live in it. You plant a vineyard, but you are in the village. <laughs> your ox will be slaughtered before your eyes, but you will not see any of it. it. Your donkey will be forced to flee, taken from you, and you will not be returned. Your sheep will be given to your enemies, and no one will rescue them. Your sons and daughters will be given to another nation, and you will wear out your eyes. Right, sl- I need it there. Sorry. Okay. So the first part of it was Jackie Red. Was- Talking about madness and a confused mind, and then it goes on to other things. And we know that leprosy was often God cursed people, leprosy. Um, so they're separate conditions, it's a condition, madness is a condition, mm. confused mind is a condition. Nowhere does it say demon possession, mm. nowhere in that passage. Mm. The passages do describe God's punishment, however, physical health illnesses are also a tool of punishment. We don't spiritualize leprosy. Mm. So why should we spiritualize mental illness? So wrong approaches: mental versus physical illness. To clarify, do we treat a person with an easily identifiable physical health disorder differently than a person with a mental health disorder? I'm talking about, for example, someone with a leg missing. So we we sit that person down and say, did something happen in your past? I notice you're missing a leg. were you abused as a child okay and that's been said to me so i've been asked about was i abused and i'm i'm it's cool i don't care but it's just i would say usually you are treated differently we don't talk so much about a person's sin or heart when it comes to managing their physical health so we don't say oh i noticed that you know you know you've you've Maybe they're in pain with their leg or whatever. We don't ask them, are you in sin? Right. <laughs> it's a sin involved. There's some pain. It's a sin involved. Mm-hmm. But with a mental... Obviously, you're more open. There's a lot more confusion. You're more open to being accused mm-hmm. of being in sin. So... Or, or it's your heart. So we don't say to the person with the... You may be an amputee. Oh, I think there's something wrong with your heart, sis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't disciple them yeah, like that. Actually. So... We know that there's actual practical things we have to do to take care of it. We don't talk about trauma or child abuse, etc. We advise to seek medical attention or trained professional. We've got to get used to doing the same mental disorders and I've got to say that this is improving in this church. Hey. The author talks a lot about physical illnesses to do with the brain. Why a person's mood might be affected or are anxious. Um, So the following components are needed for brain health. It's a physical organ, which is subject to injury. It needs adequate oxygen, nutrition, a balance of hormones and neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. Disruption to any of these can lead to depression. Mm -hmm. I don't have time to go into all the physical health issues, um, but there's hormonal ones, which are to do with the thyroid, Mm -hmm. um, which... A lot of women have, and that can lead to anxiety, depression. Menstruating women experience premenstrual mm-hmm. syndrome, and that's a naturally occurring reduction in estrogen towards the end of the cycle, and it makes you very jittery, mood swings, low mood. Menopausal women with declining levels of estrogen experience sleep disruption and mood swings. Mm-hmm. And I haven't mentioned the author doesn't address these, but there's also other disorders of the brain. Neurological disorders, autism, Asperger's, ADHD, and learning disabilities. So you've got to factor those in. So other health issues causing low mood can be pain. Pain can be very depressing if you've had it for a long time. Um, and it can actually lead to a depletion of neurotransmitters. Because wow. you're, you're you're just using a lot of serotonin. You're using too much. Then the sleep deprivation, and people with sleep apnea, um, which basically means you're not breathing properly when you're asleep, and there's a lot of cortisol release. And those who know a lot about biology know cortisol is leads can lead to depression. So to give you a little bit about um, the brain, again going into the brain a bit more, she describes a genetic disposition to anxiety and depressive disorders. This, that is a genetic makeup which renders someone more vulnerable to developing a mental health condition. The brain structure, like the heart, has pathways and chambers. In the case of a brain, there are communication um, pathways called neurotransmitter pathways between neuron cells and the brain, so they can communicate with each other. In cases where there is a defect, psychotherapy alone will most not likely be of help. Personal illustration, which is me. I myself developed OCD in my mid to late 20s. In my research, I discovered not only is there a neurotransmitter serotonin, which, the, sorry, the neurotransmitter serotonin which communicates between the synaptic clefts involved, but there is a structural, structural abnormality in my brain which includes the hypothalamus, chordate nucleus, orbital cortex, and cingulate gyrus. I told you that the brain is an organ, and I told you that it is the most complex computer known to man. Come on. So, <laughs> there you go, kind of To go into the anatomy and physiology, at this stage is beyond the scope of this talk, but you get the idea. Mental health issues can be, the mental illness can be the result of a genetic disposition, disposition, and brain dysfunction. Mm so i've talked a lot about people being accused of um having a brain having a mental illness because of childhood trauma but we you know i've talked about projecting as well because maybe you've had trauma so you're projecting it onto the person with mental illness and they've had no trauma like no i haven't had any trauma yes you have you you know yes you have no 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 so um when people looked at my family there was no obvious trauma Yet there are many people with serious trauma who never go on to develop mental illness. And I know some of you, your stories in the room, and you're not mentally ill, I can look at you and say you're not mentally ill, even though you've had severe trauma. They have emotional and psychological issues, but not mental illness. Similarly, in one physical family, which i talked about before, you can have one develop a mental illness and one not, even though they both experience the same trauma. So... I don't want to keep repeating, but it's genetic vulnerability. um, And it can be catalyzed through the trauma. So ask questions and find out more information before you draw conclusions too quickly. And I want to speak to those who can be very opinionated on these issues. Um, Proverbs 18, you can jot this down because of time. Proverbs 18, verse 2. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. Mm. The Apostle Peter spoke about people who, in their arrogance, oversimplified complex doctrine right. in terms of what Paul was teaching. Second Peter 3, I can't think of the scripture, but if you look it up and you'll see it. It says, his letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. These people are conceited. And 1 Timothy 6, 4, I won't turn there. It just says basically teaching false doctrines. And um, when you oversimplify, you fall in, you fall, you're in danger of teaching false When you reduce a mental illness to a heart issue, you could be leading the mentally ill disciple and others astray. You are not a doctor. You're not a psychiatrist, you have no knowledge of the field, and are disputing medical science which God has set up for our own benefit. Try doing that with a surgeon is carrying out an operation mm-hmm. or when a scientist is carrying out a test on a subject like Sarah does nano co- um, particles yes. for oh, cancer treatment. Ooh. Try going to Sarah and saying, oh Sarah. Sarah there's a little bit, I think there's a heart issue going on here. <laughs> Stop the experiment. <laughs> Try that doing die. that. That would be supreme <laughs> arrogance. In science there is a there is a principle to do with the simplest life form, which is a cell. It's called irreducible complexity. The cell has to have a complex system of elements in place to support its ecosystem, allowing it to function and sustain life. Similarly, the human body is complex spiritually, biologically, and otherwise. As disciples, we do not oversimplify or distort whatever God has made complex, trying to simplify it and we overvalue our own opinions oh it's just simple it's their heart they've got a heart problem just keep it simple the bible's simple right god has made a very complex world and a very complex human being if he hasn't made it complex if he's made it complex why are you trying to make it simple Mm, that's good that's good so medication as discussed in the previous talk with christine Medication may be the answer. Some people are on the short term, others for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. Medication is part of the whole treatment, which includes exercise, diet, sleep, therapy, and not least prayer. Mm -hmm. Medication is not cheating when it comes to well being. Would you deny a diabetic their insulin, saying they're feeling better, that they're cheating, or you're cheating? You want to feel better, you're taking insulin stop it (laughs) so we've got to have a bit more knowledge in that sense you know many if not most of psychoactive medication is not addictive there is a small group of drugs that are for sure one category are the benzodiazepines layman's terms tranquilizers But doctors nowadays only prescribe these for short-term use as they know the danger of long-term use. So how to respond when you have a mental illness? This is the person. It's lifelong. So acceptance is key. You can have schizophrenia, bipolar, personality disorder, anxiety disorder, which some of it includes OCD, social anxiety, bulimia, tics, major depressive disorder. These severely impact a person's daily functioning, ability to study, work, sleep, eat, exercise, socialize. A radical acceptance is required when you accept your weaknesses and limitations. God will use you because of these issues. Come so weakness, I've entitled this From Torment to Delight. Oh, wow. Second Corinthians 12, verse 7 to 10. To keep me from becoming conceited, because has these surpassingly the great revelations. There was given to me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weaknesses. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about them, so Christ's power may rest in me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, and hardships, in, hardship, in persecutions, and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. We don't know what the thorn was, what that weakness was, but we know it was there. Paul was being tempted with conceit. He was given a tormentor, but he went from torment to delight. The devil's plan was to torment, but God's plan was that he delight in his weakness. Weaknesses can torment us or make us rely on God. They can be viewed in a negative way, a source of torment, or as a tool we can leverage to help us rely on God. But... Paul delighted for Christ's sake, not his own. He didn't feel great about his torment. Mm -hmm. He just made a decision to delight in it. Mm -hmm. We see the principle at work in Paul's life with regard to sin, but it can also be regard to weakness. Mm -hmm. And just write these down because I'm really, I have run out of time. Romans 7 verse 24 and Romans 11 (gasps) verse 32. It's basically saying, I'm a wretched man. Mm -hmm. And he's saying that God has handed us all over to a disobedience so we might have he might have mercy on us all he accepts our weaknesses mm-hmm. our sins and weaknesses we've got to accept them mm-hmm. he wants us to be humble not conceited he wants yeah. us to rely on him not ourselves exactly. if you try and spiritualize your mental illness mm-hmm. do not expect your discipleship partner to join you your discipleship partners disciple sin, not symptoms. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Whoa, Treating your that. symptoms mm-hmm. as a spiritual issue shows a lack of acceptance of who you are and how God made you. Mm-hmm. You are not humble to your diagnosis. In your attempts to appear normal, right. you try and label the thoughts as Satan or sin so you can match up to normal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want the life that the disciples have you are envious and do not have the sober judgment that God has given you this illness to rely on him this is worldly as you rely on outward appearance rather than what God is, how God has made you there is no shame or guilt with mental illness, it's not your fault or responsibility, it's a brain illness your family may not accept it some cultural backgrounds deny mental illness, yeah. but disciples are on the side of truth. Amen. God has allowed the flourishing of modern medicine, of researches, of imaging, such as PET scans, positron emission tomography, which allows a means of viewing the brain and seeing what's there. Psychiatrists are not charlatans or witch doctors. They've been to medical school, spent decades studying biological disorders so they can identify what is brain, what is mind, and what is body. They are there to rule out a body illness so they can look at what's really going on in mind. As said before, we have engineers and scientists in this meeting. You must appreciate that diagnostic process involves testing and time. You would not interrupt a scientific process working on a gut feeling or intuition. You no, know, you let the process take its course. Mm-hmm. Science is science, and all things are under God's sovereignty. Mm-hmm. You know that psychiatrists are dealing with the most complex machine known to man, which is the brain. Mm-hmm. Romans 13, verse 1 to 2, you don't need to turn that. It's basically, we've got to submit ourselves to the governing authorities, which yeah. includes... Okay. mental health professionals yeah. just notice the scripture outlines the goodness of god showing us structure and order stable society so society can raise up trained leaders in their own specialist field in this case psychiatry if a disciple is not obedient to the medical regime they've been given they are in sin Sin. they are disobedient and arrogant thinking they know best they are worldly discipleship partners (laughs) disciple the issue the real issue in your discipling times check that they're taking their medication yep. <laughs> if they try to say they're not that ill the psychiatrist has got it wrong they are in sin yeah don't disciple the symptoms disciple <laughs> sins if you join in their arrogance and decide if you do, if you do agree with them, you're joining in their arrogance and discipling their symptoms. You are enabling them. Yeah. You're not carrying their burden but nope. their load. Yep. Galatians 6. And that is sin. Jeez. The same goes for studying the Bible with people. If they're not taking their medication, yeah. denying their illness, it is arrogant. Yeah. It's like studying the Bible with an alcoholic yeah. and denying that they that they are and just fallen off the wagon. You're studying with someone under the influence. Mm, okay, to finish, oh, well, advocacy. Just... Many of us disciples in Birmingham London churches are health professionals, that are experts at giving advice on how to advise on mental health conditions. I myself are a general nurse, although I'm not a mental health nurse. The assessment process I use at work easily translates into helping with mental health conditions. With 30 years in my field, I'm an expert on assessing disease and care planning appropriately. What has helped me the most in helping others in the kingdom is not such, not so much head knowledge, but heart knowledge. Mm-hmm. Having an attitude where I want to be of practical support. I needed it. We all need it. Mm-hmm. Advocacy involves taking a physically or mentally unwell person, helping them in these areas. Health, finance, housing. Mm-hmm. When a person can't work or becomes dysfunctional due to their illness... We have to delve into their life situation to really help. Disciples can talk to people like me to identify what practical support is needed, to be signposted for health evaluation and benefits the government offers, which Wellington talked about recently. Ask yourself, disciples, if this person is likely to be destabilised in their health and finances to the point where they need a lot of practical support. Ask how capable are you or knowledgeable to offer advice. And I spoke to two sisters before the meeting. Respected sisters, and we still need more people in the church to have know more about these issues. You know, basically that was my I asked, you know, there was an individual that was suffering, and I asked if they knew how to help. They do know how to help, but there needs to be more people who need to help. Yeah. We're a growing church, and more people with weakness in these areas are coming into our path. And I believe the kingdom is like that proverbial, you know, the tree. But all the birds perch on the branches yep. we are going to get more yeah. not less yeah. of people with these illnesses yeah. True. as a you know as a percentage of the yeah. so james 2 it says in verse 14 what good is it my brothers if a man claims to have faith but no deeds Count such faith save him suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food and one of you says to him Go. I wish you well. Keep warm in my bed, but there's nothing about its physical needs. What good is it? Yeah, Not all of us will be experts, but we need to learn to identify what the person is struggling with in life. Get access to health professionals, finance and housing. Not just say, sorry for your trouble, I'll pray for you. Right. Yeah. But go and get advice from mature sisters who an advocate. Advocacy involves phone calls and letter writing. It involves accountability for for the sick person to self-advocate as you advocate with them so they can get stable. Mm -hmm. In this way, the church has accessed millions of pounds of health and welfare benefits and resources. It is wise. Let us do it. As an aside, the reason why the Remnant group was started in London was because someone who had been... um, helped with advocacy if he hadn't had advocacy the church would not start it It it's because he'd fallen the disciples weren't looking after him james heard about it Mm -hmm. and he was absolutely annoyed Mm -hmm. and ran portland church and that's Mm -hmm. when we the remnant group started so advocacy works summing up in conclusion root causes are not easy to discern they need observation patience and prayer It could be sin, psychological, or mental illness. I challenge you to write down a persistent negative thought or pattern of thinking. Pray through it. Be open with your discipleship partner with it. Reach a conclusion if it's one of these three. Disciples, I challenge you not to jump to conclusions. Get advice if you're unsure what the issue is. I challenge you to find out more about advocacy. And that's my talk for this evening.